Welcome to another mini episode of The Balance. My name is Catlin Tucker, and this podcast is produced by StudySync. In this short episode, I want to talk about grading. Grading is something that if you have listened to The Balance with any kind of regularity, you've definitely heard me talk about grading or you've heard one of my guests mention grading. And for me, part of the reason I think this is such an important topic for us to be thinking about is... I know for myself, when I entered the teaching profession, my approach to grading was that I kind of graded everything. And I think really, if I take a step back and I ask myself, why did you do that, Catelyn? The answer, the real answer, <laughs> is that I wanted kids to do the work. And I was scared if I didn't grade it, they wouldn't do it. Or if I didn't grade it, they wouldn't see value in that work. Yet, I don't want points to be the reason that students do work. I want students to engage in the learning activities because those learning activities are interesting, relevant, and students appreciate that by engaging with those activities and tasks and assignments, that they're actually developing really important content knowledge, they're developing really important skills, And so one of the adjustments that I made about, gosh, probably eight or nine years into my own teaching career was to reevaluate what am I grading and why. And I created this flow chart that I used to reallocate my time and energy. And now as a coach, as a professor, I also share this with the teachers I work with and my own students who are going to be teachers soon. So the flow chart begins with a question. And the question says, what is the purpose of this work? And there are three kind of legs from that question. So if the purpose of work is that that work is practice or review. So as kids are trying to make meaning, to understand concepts or practice specific strategies and skills, they need practice. They need opportunities to try to apply that skill, to kind of wrestle with concepts. And Often practice and review takes the form of pen, paper, work in the classroom. Often it goes home with kids in the form of homework. And then teachers collect these huge stacks of practice and review, literal or digital work, and then spend a lot of time going through and grading the accuracy of that work, leaving comments, suggestions, and feedback on that work, and often putting points or a grade on that work. And my concern is that if we are grading practice and review, then there is no safe space for a student to fail. So for me, if the purpose of work is practice and review, I'm not going to grade it and I'm not going to give feedback on it. And that doesn't mean nobody is going to look at it critically. Instead, when we're doing practice and review, what I want is for the student to look critically at that work, for the student to think about how accurate that work is. So 
instead of the teacher taking that work home, we want to position the learner to think critically. So maybe we put them in a strategic pairing or a small group and we give that pair or group an answer key. So if they labeled the parts of a plant cell or they completed a set of math problems or they did some grammar review, giving them the answer key and asking them to work with their partner or group to basically check correct, and capture their questions. So if they got a problem wrong, can they lean on their partner or work with their group to try to figure out why do we get this wrong? Can we fix it? If we're really stuck, we want to make a note that this is something we want to revisit with our teacher. Now, If the work is more organic, let's say it is a piece of writing, then maybe we give students a strong exemplar, like a really strong example of that piece of writing, whether it's part of a lab report or whether it's an argumentative paragraph for English and a simple rubric and give them time to assess their work, comparing their work to the exemplar and filling out the sample rubric and maybe even reflecting in a couple of sentences about what did I learn about my strengths? What did I learn? about the areas where I need to spend more time and energy practicing from grading this work. So I think it's really about asking the learner to take a much more active role in looking at their work and thinking about what does this work tell me about my understanding of key concepts, about my ability to apply specific strategies and skills. Now, if the purpose of work is students are working toward a product, so anything that might take multiple days or weeks to complete, I'm thinking of things like essays, I'm thinking of performance tasks, projects, multimedia kind of creations online. If kids are working on something that is a process, then our energy should be on giving feedback, no grade. So as kids are working, can we build time in class to give them focused, actionable feedback as they're working so they can take that feedback, act on it to improve whatever that final product eventually will be that we will be grading. But so often I meet teachers where they'll have kids move through a series of steps to write a piece of formal, like a formal essay, or to complete a particular project, and kids get graded or points allocated for every step in the process. And instead of spending our energy giving feedback, we're spending our energy giving points and grades. And I think what would be more helpful is really focusing on the feedback as kids work, because feedback is how kids feel seen and supported. Now, the third part of this flowchart is if the purpose of work is an assessment or a finished product, then kids get a grade, but no feedback. And that might sound a little strange because so many teachers invest hours and hours writing comments and suggestions and feedback on completed student work. But if students aren't going to take that written feedback, those comments, those suggestions, and use them to improve their work, then the time we've invested leaving all those comments and suggestions is not going to pay dividends in terms of student improvement or learning. So my suggestion is, If you are grading an assessment or a finished product, use a standard aligned rubric. And I like to describe for each level of mastery on the rubric because I typically set them up in kind of a one beginning, 
two, developing, three, proficient, four, mastery. That's how most of my rubrics are laid out. And then I describe what the work looks like at each different level of mastery. So what does this skill look like at each level? So as I'm grading or teachers I'm coaching are grading an assessment or finished product, they're circling language on a standard aligned rubric. So on some level, students are getting feedback from that language that's on the rubric, but they're not spending hours and hours going through and writing or typing comments on the student's final draft. Now, as I started to use this flowchart myself to figure out where are you going to spend your finite time and energy, Catlin? Because we only have so many hours in a day, so much energy. We're striving, hopefully, for balance. And if we try to grade everything, oh my gosh, balance is going to be so elusive. But if we start using this flowchart to be much more intentional about what we grade and what we give feedback on, then maybe we can say, okay, if you don't like your grade on this, assessment or finished product and you want to continue working with it, you want to make it better, right? We're reinforcing that growth mindset when we do this, then yes, you can continue working with this piece. And if you want to continue working with this piece and eventually have me reassess it, then I'm happy to give you feedback. I'm happy to go back through and make suggestions so you continue to improve this piece. But I'm not going to write a bunch of suggestions and comments on a piece that students have no intention of touching again. And what ended up happening for me as an educator is, yes, the volume of work that I was grading and giving feedback on was much smaller, but I found that I actually had much more time and energy to support students during the process giving them feedback along the way. I was helping them develop their metacognitive muscles, um, looking at their own work with a critical eye and reflecting on what they were learning about themselves from that work and from those artifacts. And then also creating space for kids to really decide, do I want to keep working with this piece? Do I want to keep improving? Um, do I want to really spend my energy making this as good as it possibly can be? So it was really fascinating to see the benefits for students, for myself, my own work-life balance when I shifted to this flowchart. So anybody who's curious about seeing the actual flowchart, I will include it in the notes for this mini episode. And hopefully it'll just give you something to think about if you're feeling like, gosh, grading is just consuming so much of my time and energy outside of the classroom. Thank you to StudySync for producing and sponsoring this podcast. StudySync is committed to helping teachers find balance in their lives by providing them with a robust multimedia ELA platform that simplifies lesson planning, automatically differentiates tasks for learners at different skill levels and with different language proficiencies, and blends online and offline engagement to help students develop as thinkers, readers, writers, and speakers. StudySync's most recently released product, Sync Blast, expands the company's scope to include an engaging supplemental digital inquiry solution for social studies and science classrooms. Visit studysync.com for more information or follow the link in the show notes. <music>